It's time for This Week in WordPress, episode number 213, entitled Sesnam. It was published on Monday, the 13th of June, 2022. My name's Nathan Wrigley, and today I'm joined by not the typical three guests, but by four guests. We have Michelle Frechette, Marcus Burnett, Matt Cromwell, and Anshan LaRue. And because it's a WordPress podcast, guess what we're talking about. That's right, WordPress. We begin. Version 6.1 of WordPress is coming around fairly soon, and there's some new things which are mooted to be in store. For example, collaborative editing, a bit like Google Docs. What's it all about and when's it coming? The Page Builder Summit. It's coming around version 4. It starts next Monday, the 20th of June. Who's involved? Who's speaking? What's it all about? And how can you get involved? Elementor have acquired a headless hosting company called Stratic. What does this mean? Does it increase their offering? Does it distract from their offering? We'll find out. And also, we share our WordPress stories. How did all of the guests get into WordPress right at the very start? There's also some news about ways that you can compare plugins in the plugin directory. And also, I feature... If so, a plugin who went to the nth degree promoting their product on the WP Builds podcast. There's all sorts of other things as well, and I hope that you enjoy it. This episode of the WP Builds podcast is brought to you by GoDaddy Pro, the home of managed WordPress hosting that includes free domain, SSL, and 24-7 support. Bundle that with the hub by GoDaddy Pro to unlock more free benefits to manage multiple sites in one place, invoice clients, and get 30% off new purchases. Find out more at go.me forward slash WP Builds. Hello, 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 everybody. Nice to have you with us. It's This Week in WordPress episode. Look at me, I'm getting short-sighted. I'm having to put the glasses down like that to read the number off the screen. Episode number 213. It's an absolute pleasure to have you with us. Look at us. If you're on the screen watching us at this particular moment, there's five of us. We never have five. We've gone for the full Monty of what the platform can cope with. Let's just go round the house and uh, introduce everybody sort of one at a time. Uh, Michelle Frechette, first off. Um, Michelle, shall I read your intro or do you want to introduce yourself being the co-host and all that? I do a whole bunch of stuff in WordPress, but my um, my chief role is the director of community engagement for Stellar WP, which includes all of our plugin companies, um, which Matt is wearing a t-shirt for one of them right now, which is Give WP. So as one of one of our um, one of our brands, uh, as well as that, I do a bunch of other things. I write for Post Status, and I am the board president for Big Orange Art. Thank you so much, Michelle. Mm -hmm. The list is considerably longer than that. In fact, so long is the list that we could be here for much of the episode. So, uh, Michelle, bravo for all that you do. It's uh, very, very much appreciated. Let's move on over on to Anshan's, well, sorry, to Michelle's side. I don't know if it's left or right, depending on where you're looking. We've got Marcus Burnett. He's new, but he's new here. How are you doing, Marcus? I did it right the first time. Yes. Ah, Nice. Uh, yeah, I was going to battle through the uh, imposter syndrome of hanging with this crew, but oh. otherwise good. Oh, no, no, no imposter syndrome here. Well, mm-hmm. Somehow I, have... I missed 
I missed the memo on the glasses. I need to find some glasses to put on. <laughs> that's true. Look at you spotting that. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, we're all wearing. In fact, we're all wearing black glasses as well, which is kind of yeah, just, yeah. It just means yeah. yours aren't broken yet. Your <laughs> eyes aren't broken yet. Like yeah, yours yeah, right. It's coming. <laughs> I'd go with the not glasses. Anyway, Marcus, I'm going to introduce you properly. Marcus is a part of the GoDaddy Pro events and community team. He's one of the hosts of the Do The Wood podcast, and he's a team rep for the new WordPress photo directory, which we will come to uh, in a minute. Where are you, where are you coming from today, um, Marcus? Uh, I am in beautiful Orlando, Florida. Very, nice and very sunny. Nice. And being a being like a co-host of Do the Woo, you you weren't serious when you said like imposter syndrome. Surely you're just you know doing this kind of stuff all the time, right? Yeah, I'm getting there. I'm getting used <laughs> to it. But this is a this is a special crew. Well, thank you for joining us today. We'll get onto the the other bits and pieces in a moment. But for now, let's introduce the other two people. You can see at the the other side of the screen. First of all, we have got um, Anshan. Anshan, how are you doing? I'm good, thank you. <laughs> Anshan and I speak. Yeah, Anshan and I speak at the minute on a more or less daily, hourly, I would say at the moment, on an hourly basis because of something which we'll tell you about in a moment. You know, da -da -da, little hint here, uh, and, and also on Anshan's hoodie. Uh, Anshan, though, does little more than just that because she's the founder of Simply Digital Design, the co-founder of Simply Stunning Sites, and the co-host of the well. There we go, the Page Builder Summit. She's been an avid contributor to the WordPress, WordPress community for the last six years. She loves hosting and speaks at summits, as well as helping clients produce their own summits. Yeah, that's basically how we got started with our summit thing, isn't it? Because you, you were already doing them, so you're a bit of an expert. You do those for clients as well, right? I do, yes, yeah. <laughs> Very, very nice. Well, thank you for joining us today. And finally, last but by no means least, we'll see if the audio holds up. This is a we're going to try this out because Matt a moment ago joined us. Matt Cromwell, that is, you can see him on the screen. He joined us and uh, his audio wasn't working so well. So, Matt, can you hear us now? I can hear. Can everybody hear me? Yeah, loud and clear. And we're, we're without the echo as well. So that's really cool. I'll do a quick intro. Matt is the co-founder, as has already been mentioned, of GibWP, lead admin at Advanced WordPress, generosity buff, father of four, lucky husband to one, and helper to all. I'm father of three, Matt. And father of three was like, whoa. <laughs> you know, it went from two was enough, three was mad. Four? What? What? How do you even cope? Well, you know, after two, it's just kind of like, let's put in another one. It's all fine. <laughs> <laughs> I can assure you that wasn't my experience. <laughs> Adding the extra third one in was like... <laughs> anyway, really, really nice to have you. We're, nice we're about to add some uh, well. cats and chickens to the mix too, so... Oh, okay. We can do pets, if you like, as the end. Let's do pick of the week of pets, see who's got what. Um, we're going to get onto the WordPress bits and pieces. We're going to cover the WordPress news for this week. First of all, though, a few bits of housekeeping. This is generally done every single week. It's just to let everybody know how and if you want to make comments. There's a couple of places you can go. Go to wpbuilds.com forward slash live. If you go there, you need to be logged into Google because it's YouTube comments. On the other hand, if you're in our Facebook group, you can go to wpbuilds.com forward slash Facebook. Search around, you know, do the mindless scroll until you eventually come across the live bit and then you find that stop. But you aren't going to be able to comment with anything like your name until you go through this maelstrom of things. You've got to go to chat.restream.io forward slash FB. Otherwise, you'll remain anonymous. Now, that's 
probably okay. It's up to you. You can get over that by just typing in your name at the beginning of the comment. But if you do wish to de-anonymize yourself and let us know who you are, chat.restream.io forward slash F B. Okay. We've got a couple of people who've joined us so far. Courtney Robertson, hello. Very nice to see you once more. And, you know, it was really nice actually seeing you in person the other day. Last week's presenter, Cameron Jones, joins us as he does <laughs> from Australia. Michelle, he says, also gets the best hair on the show. I object. I think my No. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> well, to be fair, he he has sported purple hair quite a, quite often. So. Oh, that's true. Yeah, that's true. Well, he joined us last week and um, told us all about the things that were going on for him. He, Kofi plug-in. That was kind of a nice thing that I didn't know about him. Um, good morning, team, from Mark Westgard. Uh, what can I say about Mark Westgard, apart from the fact that he was cracking fun at WordCamp Europe? We sat next to each other probably more than was sensible for him because he had to listen to me, literally listen to me eating sushi. He can tell you about that another time. Uh, Elliot Sowersby from just down the road where I live. Good afternoon, Elliot. And good day, Peter. I think Peter, Philadelphia. Have I got that right? I'm so sorry if I've got that wrong. I believe, uh, I think he's in, I thought he was in Connecticut, but I could be okay, wrong. Okay, he's in Connecticut. It's definitely Connecticut. I defer to, to Michelle. And Nathan, oh, sorry, this isn't me. <laughs> this is Courtney saying, Nathan, is your hair longer than Anshan's? <gasps> I don't know. Don't think so. <laughs> it could be. He, yeah, he's Connecticut. He says, he, oh, no, no, no way. Look, it's really long. Ancient always has it in a bun when we talk, or at least it's sort of back there somewhere. So, okay, you win. You get the award for the longest hair. Right, okay, let's get on with the WordPressy stuff for this week. Um, first of all, this is us, wpbuilds.com, blah, blah, blah. Go to that site. Look, there's a logo on there. Can you see that, Marcus? There's a great big fat GoDaddy sponsor logo. How nice is it to have one of the, our sponsors on the show? Thank you to Marcus and the team for sponsoring the WP Builds podcast. First news story, Sarah Gooding, WP Tavern, WordPress 6.1. Feels like we've only just got WordPress 6, but that train just keeps on moving. It's to focus on refining full site editing, next phase collaboration, and multilingual features anticipated in 2023 25. Um, Matthias Ventura, did, those of you that watched or were present at WordCamp Europe, Matthias was supposed to be on stage with Josefa and Matt, but he never managed to, to turn up. Was there like some kind of emergency which meant he couldn't show up? Does anybody know what the, what the reason for that was? No? No, it's like tumbleweed. No, nobody knows. Okay, so anyway, he was supposed to come on stage and do this bit, basically, explain all about the things coming in WordPress 6.1, but didn't make it. Um, and I was just curious as to whether, you know, he'd had accident or something. I was going to wish him, you know, best of health. And he was identifying the refinements that are going to take place over the next few iterations of WordPress. The main thrust is making um, site navigation a smoother experience through a new browse mode. If you click on the links in the show notes, which I'll be sharing tomorrow morning, you'll be able to see what that looks like. And then also block patterns are going to get a really nice big update because at the moment, if you chuck a block pattern in, it kind of all the bits and pieces come for the ride. You just chuck the pattern in and then you've got 400,000 nested blocks that you have to deal with. And in the site inspector, you've just got rows and rows of nested things and it all becomes a bit complicated. So they've come up with this new UI where you can basically interact with the parent element. So you can just sort of 
chuck the pattern in and then move the whole thing up and down. You don't have to get involved with all of the little bits and pieces. If you're happy with them, you can just leave them as they are. And essentially, it just neatens it up and you don't get quite so many uh, bits and pieces nested in there. Again, you can watch it on the video there. And here's the most exciting thing, I think. Honestly, I'm not being facetious. I think this is the most exciting thing in WordPress ever. It's collabor collaborative editing. So Google Docs style editing. For me, that is a total win. Once that's arrived and we can do basically Google Docs style editing, I just think it's sort of game over. The article then goes on to talk about a, a certain people who at WordCamp Europe quizzed Matt and Josepha about the fact that uh, multilingual has been, uh, so I don't know if it was pushed, I think it was phase four anyway. Anyway, multilingual is going to come after collaborative editing and I think there was a few people which wished that it had come round the other way. So, floor's open. Guys, feel free to interrupt. I know Matt and um, Matt and uh, Marcus, you've not been on before. Basically, it's a bun fight. You just speak, cross-talk, whatever you like, and eventually we'll figure out who's going to speak. So, go, go. Nobody go. <laughs> I'll go. After okay. being in, in Europe for the last almost two weeks, I... I agree with you that I think collaboration is going to be fantastic. However, I think I'm on the team of folks that think that maybe multilingual should be pushed up. Um, okay. I, I struggled at times in Europe. I went to, I was in, in Porto, but I was in two other countries and not being able to speak the language, I could commiserate with the folks that are having to deal with WordPress in their non-native language as well. Um, so... That's that's my two cents. I think English speaking, there are a lot of English speaking places in the world, but it's not the majority. And I think that um, that we would have uh, a greater reach if we were to put a little extra priority on some of the multilingual things. And I say that as somebody who only speaks one language and it's English, it's the language that WordPress is predominantly in. And I still think that that should be pushed up. I think that's. I think that was very well argued, actually. I think that's a really good point, and one that, as an English speaker, I more or less always forget. Uh, yeah, so bravo, point well made. The I'll just quickly share on the screen the sort of reasoning behind why um, why they've pushed it, and it says it basically is as follows: Mullenweg explained why he believes it's important to prioritise three before multilingual features. So phase three is collaborative editing. And he said, phase three workflow, and I quote, this is basically where we're going to take real-time, actually, I'll, I'll ignore that. Where's the bit about, ba, 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 ba. no, not that one. Where's the other quote? Here we go. I would say that when we look at phase four, the first thing we're going to look at is how all the plugins are doing it. Perhaps one of those plugins could even become the basis for what comes into core. It's okay if the plugins take arc, uh, different architectural approaches because we want to see pluses and minuses of those. And he also mentions the fact that it's going to need a massive re-architecturing of WordPress core because everything, users and categories and tags and everything will need to come under the purview of multilingual and allegedly that piece of work is a massive massive undertaking so that was the reasoning behind that right anyway sorry i've interrupted yeah but why not do that before you get into collaboration why not yep. why not do yep. that re-architecturing before you make it even more complex yeah yeah uh, but, 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 but i can't find the quote though but it's on that page somewhere i'll link to it in the show notes yes i i, I think there's 
it's a choice that they've made, isn't it? I expect it's because collaborating collaborating is just dead exciting to look at. Well, you um, know, there's already a plugin for collaborating too, right? So Multi yes. Dots has the Multi Collab that they released this year, and it actually works really well. Go on, say that again. What's it called? It's called Multi Collab, and it's by Multi Dots, and uh, they released it this year. I saw it um, back in February in action, and it's a really nice collaboration plugin for people. It works a lot like Google Docs does for people to be able to collaborate in real time on pl on posts and pages. That's cool. I'd never heard of that before. So you're saying mm -hmm. that part of that whole jigsaw piece has been taken out of the picture anyway. Mm. Oh, I mean, it's not a free plugin, but still, it's it's there if it's something that you want to be able to use on your teams. It's just multi if you want to pull it up, it's multi collab. Dot com, I believe it might be .io. Let me double check. Do you think it's that? Do you think that this piece? I mean, essentially, now if a word processor or anything that you write text into on online doesn't have that collaborative feature, and you've got to click save uh, in order for it to uh, save itself, and it's not you know saving things asynchronously, it just kind of feels a bit Stone Age now, doesn't it? And I wonder if that's the the feeling with the Google Docs thing, you know, he wants it to feel a little bit more like Google Docs. So in the next year or so, and I'm talking about Matt in particular, he wants it to feel like that just so that it doesn't feel out of date and a place where, you know, the cool kids uh, are willing to hang out and the new kids are willing to hang out because of the hemorrhaging for services like Wix and Squarespace who've got all of this built in already. Mm -hmm. Right. I'm going to take that URL and I'll put it on the screen. Thanks, Michelle. That's kind of cool. Sure. You're going to get a pop-up to subscribe to their newsletter. So. Oh, I'm not <laughs> going to go on the screen. It, it's Basically, it's multicollab.com. Um, no, I'm not going to put it up if all I'm going to get is a pop-up. But um, and No, you're going to get more. Just just X out of the pop-up, that's all. Oh, okay. All right. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's see what we get. Okay, here it is. Here it comes. Courtesy of Michelle. Oh, yay. All right. It does look like Google Docs, doesn't it? It's surrounded by the Gutenberg editor. And you can comment. You can leave mm -hmm. replies. Yeah, I wonder how I wonder how um, troublesome it is on a like a cheap hosting environment, you know, because of all the things that are going on at the same time. Mm -hmm. You got like five people look, editing the document. It looks like it's focused on the the commenting aspect. I wonder if it includes uh, like multi editing because I think that's what Mullenweg was talking about was being able to see folks working in the doc. Um, at the same time. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, the screenshot that's on the multicollab.com website is showing a Gutenberg editor with the ability to add comments, it looks like. So yeah. that feature exists in certainly in Google Docs. But I think like Matt was saying, my my the greatest bit for me of Google Docs is, is that whole thing where you can actually watch what people yeah. are typing in real time. And although it's kind of few and far between that I need that, the times that I have had to use it, it's been a real lifesaver. You know, you can it's just such a such a great thing to go in and all have this canonical source of truth in this one document. Yeah. Hmm. It, uh, it's a pretty complex feature. I mean, you, it's easy to get it wrong as well because like um we use active campaign for emails and people can be in an email at the same time. And if somebody changes that email in Active Campaign, it basically does this like live reload refresh and says, "Oh, somebody changed something," and it's like, "Well, <laughs> what do I do now?" Yeah, um, I feel like yeah. I feel like the Active Campaign version of Multi Collab is um, has something to be desired. 
I, will I remember seeing Google Docs for the first time. Um, I was actually sitting ne literally next to somebody, and we thought, "Let's see what this looks like," because we heard about it. So we, you know, we both got into a Google Doc, and we were both like, oh, "It's voodoo! What's going on? This is just like no, no! I can see your cursor." And then we highlighted things. Oh, I can see what you've highlighted, and now it just seems so ordinary and completely a requirement for all that kind of stuff i just really love the fact that you can't you basically can't overwrite something you know like mm -hmm. you were saying in active campaign if you accidentally go in at the same time as somebody else and click save after they've written their three thousand word masterpiece mm -hmm. <laughs> you know it just happened to be five seconds after them yeah it can be a bit yeah. of a thing anyway that's coming in wordpress 6.1 all of that good stuff Anchin, anything on that or should we move on uh, yeah, I, um, I don't, I'm not sure that I would actually use that. I actually like the idea of compartmentalizing like the pages. Like we we work in a team, but we like split up the pages and things like that. And I, I don't know, maybe I'm just not forward thinking enough. <laughs> but I would, yeah. Maybe I like the idea that to... I do it and I save it and yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, no, you know, horses for courses. Um, maybe each person wants a different thing. If you could toggle it on and off, it would be cool. But, yeah, it feels to me like if you can keep up with Google Docs in a free CMS, then you're doing, doing something right. Okay, so I'll link to those in the show notes for tomorrow. We've got a couple of um, comments here. I inquired about multilingual, says Courtney Robertson. Um, for learn, I wish I could have communicated that I was seeking to get tooling for multilingual that would be a stopgap solution. And she also makes the point that there are some great multilingual plugin options as well. Yeah, coming to mind just off the top of my head, a Weglot WPML, there's mm -hmm. Translate Press, there's probably more. If anybody can shout one out, that would be good. I can't think of any more. Polyglot. Polyglot. Yeah. Yeah, indeed. They all seem to be quite well represented at WordCamp EU. They all had booths in fairly, mm -hmm. you know, fairly big booths. It must be a must be a fairly booming industry, I would have thought, because Weglot in particular had a giant booth, didn't they? It was really quite impressive. I don't think I saw WPML this year, which mm -hmm. you normally they were do. there. Yep, were they? Okay, okay. Yep. All righty, uh, let's move on. Let's go to the second story. This isn't so much of a story. This is just blatant promotion. And I hope that's okay because, you know, we haven't really promoted it until now. I think I've mentioned it a couple of times, but we're going to do the full on, the full Monty promotion because, uh, you know, oh, look, now that there's five of us on the screen, my face is totally taken over by the logo. I'm going to keep that there. I can switch it off. But honestly, I think it's better <laughs> for everybody if my face is covered up. Um, <laughs> so this is happening next week it starts on monday i think it starts at about midday i can't exactly remember off the top of my head but anshan can clue us in more anshan i drone on about stuff all the time so i'm just going to hand it to you just sell the page builder summit to all and sundry <laughs> oh my word i don't know i'm not a seller but yeah it's going to be very good again we've got awesome topics um there's We've got some of the people um, coming up again, which uh, which was favorite previous summits. And um, I did a quiz just earlier today, so I had to like sort it into categories. And we we have we definitely have like um, on the different categories that we have like for marketing and um, running more efficient websites and creating more quality websites. And uh, what was the other one? new and innovative stuff. So we have uh, 
a very good, <laughs> I get my English is going, but uh, yeah, like a really good um, variety of topics. So yeah, it's going to be awesome. And um, we have um, amazing prizes, like almost all of the speakers um, gave away like a one prize for the bingo. So inside the Facebook group, we're going to have um, the bingo running again, and we will have like quizzes and just everyone that um, you know, uh, engage quite a bit. We'll we'll give away prizes there as well. So I think it's going to be a fun a fun week again. Can I just say I I I could be completely wrong about this. I don't know of any other summit that does bingo. Come on, come on. What other reason do you need to show up? Basically, <laughs> if you if you participate in the bingo, I can more or less guarantee that you're going to win something. Because uh, Anshin tries really hard with the bingo. And for some reason, people, all you got to do is attend things and like circle things on a, on a sheet and then hand it in. And last year, I think pretty much everybody got a prize. But it's really, really nice. 35 speakers are going to be there. We're at the process right now of kind of compiling all those videos and uh, topping them and tailing them with all the you know the promotional stuff from the sponsors and what have you but it starts um yeah it starts next week chock full days here's a couple of nice things to know unlike other summits which are live this summit is everything's pre-recorded we we took the the the, the the idea behind that is everybody gets their best shot Whereas if you go live, there's a chance that the presenters may stumble or, you know, go off in a direction which they hadn't intended and use up their time. All of the speakers record everything, send it to us, and you will be able to watch it for free um, for 48 hours. So basically, if you drop into the Page Builder Summit, which is at pagebuildersummit.com, if you drop in at any time, 48 hours after it first aired, you'll be able to watch it for free. Um, thereafter, we've got this thing called the Power Pack, which is an upsell. And if you purchase that, you can watch it for free forever. Uh, <laughs> and uh, that's it. That's the Page Builder Summit starting next week. Pagebuildersummit.com. I don't know if you other three, not Anshan, not me, have anything to say about that. Probably not. I'm not going to put you on the spot unless you want to join in. It was great in the past. I can't imagine that it wouldn't continue to be even better going forward. Thank you, Michelle. I appreciate it. Yeah, that's really cool. Uh, somebody, ooh, look at this. We've got somebody new. Uh, Shusai Toda. Hello. Says, looking forward to the page bullet summit. Oh, that's great. Thank you Tuning so much. in from Thank Japan. Yeah, tuning in from Japan. Good afternoon, everybody. Well, that's very nice. I think you may very well be our first listener. Uh, that said that they're from Japan. Nice to nice to have you with us. Okie dokie. Right, let's go into some WP other news. This is probably the big news from this week in real terms. This is the Elementor acquisition of Stratic. Do I need to describe what Elementor are? I don't think so. Elementor have bought a hosting company with a difference. Stratic started by Miriam Schwab can't remember how many years ago, but let's say it was more than five and less than 50. Um, she started uh, this hosting company. It's a headless hosting company, so it's, it's not like a traditional hosting company. You have to log in to a sort of secondary version of WordPress. You make your amendments, save them, and then that gets saved as flat HTML files, the principle being it's dead fast, and it's also secure because there is no PHP backend going on in the background so you know you can't throw crazy weird files at your file servers there's just nothing there 
It's been acquired by Elementor, undisclosed amount. But I am curious because Elementor already have their cloud hosting. So this is going to run alongside of it. So essentially, as far as I'm aware, could be wrong about this. Put me straight if I'm wrong. They'll be in a very unique position. They'll be the not only one of the only page builders with a cloud offering, but they'll be one of, I think, the only page builder with two types of cloud offering, a headless and a normal. And presumably at some point, this is going to start paying dividends to them. It feels like quite a, quite a quirky, but possibly very intelligent move, um, speeding up websites and just making them more secure. I'm going to, again, just hand it over. Just butt in if you wish. Did they say that they're going to split it up between um, two different types of cloud hosting? Yeah, what they said, look, so this particular, so I highlighted this bit because that was the bit which led me to believe it. This quote in the middle, it says, Element, so this is Sarah Gooding writing in the tavern, I should say, by the way. It says, Elementor mm -hmm. will promote the new static hosting service alongside mm -hmm. its existing yep. cloud service. So that's what led me to believe that. So that... I don't even know if regular hosting companies do that. You know, can you go, for example, to a different rival hosting company and say, I'd, I'd like the static version or, or I'd like the just the regular version. So it puts them in quite a unique space, I think. Dead silence. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. <laughs> well, I will say, so. so Big Orange Heart, um, our main site is hosted on um, on Stratic, and we do use it there. And we are using Elementor as the page builder for BigOrangeHeart.org. Mm. And so I have lots of experience of logging into, you know, kind of logging into Stratic and then logging into the WordPress site from there. Um, the only th it, it is the, the site itself is very fast. It does take quite a bit of time to push your site to live. So, you know, and you can watch the percentage go, but um, depending on how big your site, it can take up to five minutes for it to, to show up published live. But once it does, of course, then the site is, is super fast for um, for site visitors. And yeah, it's, not the, a difficult, it's not difficult to manage at all. No, I mean, basically, when you log in, so normally you'd go to, you know, whatever.com forward slash wp-admin or something like that with with stratic you have to go to a totally separate url which in no way really represents your website it's kind of like your website name as a subdomain so i don't know page builder summit dot stratic.com or something along those lines and then you have to wait because you have to wait for a vps a really slim vps server to spin up uh, your WordPress website that they've got on disk somewhere. Um, so you wait a minute or so or however long that process takes. Then you can log in, interact with that website, and then before you finally finish making all your changes, I don't know if this is still the same, Michelle, but you used to have to click a like a red button, like a Stratic publish button, and then it basically goes just goes through your website page by page and publishes every page one at a time. Maybe it's cleverer now and just does the pages that have been updated. And you just have to you wait. You can choose. Yep. There's, there's options. You can choose to do just, just do that page um, or you can push the whole site to live. So if you, But if you're doing, um, if you're using Elementor and you're making changes to your footer, then you have to push the whole site to live. So. Yep, yep. And then you wait, like like Michelle said, it may take up to five minutes. So it, this isn't a kind of log in quick, log out. But the, the principle being it then it then renders each page, saves the HTML, CSS, whatever it is, and flattens those, puts them somewhere. 
and they just get called when people click around on your website. So it is blazing fast on the other end. Um, and apparently, the, both these companies are from Israel, and Miriam and the the founder of Elementor, whose name I've actually forgotten, I think he's called, yeah, here we go, Yoni. Uh, they go back a long time. They've, they've been in touch with each other for ages. So, you know, they maybe had a back channel going on. And best luck to Miriam, I would say. I hope that mm -hmm. she, um, you know, hope she manages to get back to whatever it is that she was doing before or pushes off in a new direction. Anyway, anybody else on the Elementor story? Well, one thing to keep in mind is that not all plugins will work with static hosting. So mm -hmm. you do have to be really careful. Um, you know, when I was working at Give, it wasn't something that worked easily with static. And, and at Big mm -hmm. Orange Heart, we came up with a solution. And we were still able to use Give on a static site. But it took a little bit of finagling because, you know, it's 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 not as interactive Um when it's sitting there on a static site. So um, but there are ways around things. You just have to get clever and you have to have somebody like Dan, maybe on your team who knows how to work around those things. So you, so obviously big orange heart, probably quite a, a big user of give WP, give WP. Mm -hmm. um, forgive me for phrasing it this way, but it, it's probably the quickest way for me to say it, it is a, it, it's a form essentially with a load of other features added in but it, it's it's a form type solution but specifically designed for um giving with all of the bits and pieces that come along for the ride and and usually that kind of stuff needs a server just chugging away in the background so that it can accept the form submissions do things with it process it on the reverse end do you have any idea what dan did how did he get it working <laughs> he, he used an iframe he served it through an iframe ah, okay so that way it worked but yeah d good point michelle do be mindful that if you're you know trying to chop gravity forms although i think they got that working uh typically form solutions and things like that are going to be more difficult but you can always use a SaaS based form solution if you like anything on that marcus matt or anchin or should we move on yeah a couple of... go ahead, go ahead matt. No, you. Um, yeah, I don't. I'm not super familiar with Stratic and haven't played a lot with uh, headless WordPress things. But for a little while, I've, I've. It's looked like Elementor has tried to maybe separate its growth from WordPress's growth directly, and this looks like maybe it's just another step in that direction, figuring out how Elementor can, you know, especially with the. Recent news of WordPress's growth may be leveling out Elementor, trying to make sure that it continues to accelerate. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's similar to what I was going to say, too, in the sense that, um, uh, you know, Gutenberg is definitely, Elementor took off and really got so much popularity when there wasn't a dedicated uh, page builder, uh, site builder for WordPress core. Um, and now that Gutenberg is actually getting a lot more mature and a lot more stable and used, um, I'm sure it's eating into Elementor's base. So getting more into, to me, it looks like they're trying to be the Squarespace of WordPress, essentially. Mm. Uh, if they get into that more and more, then it definitely can can keep. I mean, it's a big market. There's tons of WordPress sites and there's lots of space for lots of page builders still. Gutenberg isn't going to be the end all be all. But when you're a big company like Elementor and you want to keep growing, um, you probably got to diversify just a little bit. So. Anything on that, Anshin? No, I agree. No, you're all right. Um, apparently, um, the statistics indicate that a significant proportion of WordPress's growth over the last, let's say, four years 
is directly attributable to Elementor. Like if you took if you took Elementor out of the the growth statistics, then I could be wrong about this, but I think it basically stopped growing anything near the rate to the point where, again, forgive me if memories failed me, but I think about 10% of all WordPress websites are now built on top of Elementor. So roughly 4% of the internet, if we take that figure of 40-something percent, whatever it may be, if we take that percentage, then 10% of that would be uh, 4% of the internet, which is just a crazy amount. And I don't know, I don't have a crystal ball to stare into, but when when page builders that are that popular start putting cloud hosting in place, you do wonder at, at what point it's going to be almost indistinguishable from a SaaS product um, because you, you probably won't have that much need to to go into the WordPress backend. You know, they've got the forms and they've got the pop-ups and they've got the, the cloud hosting and all of this kind of stuff. You can imagine it's totally end-to-end, like you say, Wix, Squarespace and all of that kind of stuff and probably very profitable as well. Okie doke. Right, let's move on to the next piece. Let me just put my screen back on. Uh, this one, this isn't really a story. I just wanted to share this because I was at WordCamp Europe last week. Marcus uh, was there, so was Matt. And I just kept bumping into people. Uh, and one of the conversations that typically ensues, I don't know if it's the same for you, Matt and um, Marcus, but for me, the conversation was often, well, how did you, how come you're here? You know, how did you, how did you get into WordPress? What's the story, basically? And, and I just thought it might be quite a nice uh, adventure just for the next five, 10 minutes or so, just to, just to talk about that, how each of us got into it in the first place. Because I'm talking already, I'll, I'll go first. And uh, my journey began back in, I don't know, 2000 and no, pre that 19 something or other, when front page, do you remember Microsoft front page? Anybody? Beulah? Um, <laughs> Microsoft front page was a thing. And I, I had to, one of my friends was basically getting married and the internet was a thing. And I just said, oh, I'll try and build you a website. I've got this software on my computer that claimed to be able to build websites. So I started knocking about and fiddling with it. And like, I don't know, gray hair later, plus uh, eight weeks and I'd built this dreadful website with like four images in it and a bunch of text. <laughs> it was like, yes, but it actually went online, you know, went through that process of finding a cheap host and all of that. And then started getting an absolute bug for it. Just thinking, blimey neck. All I did was do something on this computer and anybody with a computer anywhere on earth can can see it. And I think the magic of that is basically lost to most people now because it's just mm. ubiquitous. No child grows up with that thing of, wow, what, what, how? Whereas I was like, no, wait, I published this and it's visible by people that I've never met. What's that all about? So carried on, learnt CSS, learnt tables, because that was the way to do it. Went through a mm -hmm. right old maelstrom of CMSs, went through Expression Engine, went through Joomla, went through Drupal for years, went through Magento and all those kind of things. And then about, oh, I don't know, eight, ten years ago, something like that, found, finally found WordPress. And the moment I looked at it, this is going to sound ridiculous and very shallow, but the moment I looked at it, like the way it looked in the admin, the admin basically today is exactly what I saw when I first logged into WordPress. It wasn't that silvery weird thing that those people who've been <laughs> using it for longer looked at. And I just thought, it's beautiful. It looks much nicer than anything else. And then I started playing with it. Oh, 
it's more easy to use than anything else. And from that moment on, I was hooked. And by pure good luck, Beaver Builder uh, came around about, I don't know, probably a week or so after I got into WordPress. And that made my life just so much easier. So, you know, hence the Page Builder Summit thing. I've just been using page builders of all varieties ever since then. So that's my little story. And uh, do you want to go round the houses? Because uh, I think it'd be nice to get this from everybody. Michelle, go on, give us your journey. So I was working as the director of a massage school for years. And my friend who was a graduate uh, said there's not anything to help massage therapists after they graduate. They understand how to do massage, but they don't understand how to run businesses. And so she and I started a nonprofit, which is now defunct, but it was the New York Massage Association. And her husband built us a website and we started sending him the content. And he's like, oh, no, ladies, you have to do the content <laughs> and gave us logins. And I was terrified to I logged in and I thought, what am I going to press that's going to ruin this website? And he's like, it doesn't matter. We can always get it back. Um, but I just kind of fell in love with the fact that I could push a button and things I wrote, people anywhere in the world could see. Now, of course, nobody was finding our website, but that's beside the point. They could, <laughs> right? And so from that point on, I said to him, I, I understand how to register a domain and I understand how to use WordPress. What I don't understand is how to get WordPress on the domain okay. and move forward. And so uh, he said, well, I'll tell you what, they had four kids, five kids, you come over, make dinner, I will teach it to you. So I went over, I made spaghetti dinner for the family while she was working. Afterwards, we sat down, he taught me everything I needed to know. Somewhere I still have a little blue piece of paper with four steps on it. Download mm -hmm. WordPress, upload WordPress, change your salt keys, change your WP config, there's your website. <laughs> yeah, it was, <laughs> and that's how it was it more complicated, yeah. wasn't it, back then? It was 2012, so it's been 10 years this year. Do you know what? You made a really interesting point there, which I'd completely forgotten, and that was that search engines didn't exist. You didn't build a website in the hopes that strangers would find it. You built a website because it was like handing out books without paper. You know, you would just tell people that you'd got a website and yeah. and hope that they, you know, made the effort to go and find it. And everything, do you remember you had to submit to, they weren't even search engines, what were they called? Directory sites like Yahoo yes. and mm -hmm, things like that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And the web was categorized. AOL. AOL mm -hmm. and all of that. But you weren't building it to be found. Well, maybe some people were, but when I did it, it was very much a case of, okay, I've got this website and here's, here's it. You know, even to the point you'd write it down on bits of paper and hand it over and all of that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, so we, we printed mm -hmm. brochures, we printed business cards, and you put the website on those printed materials. Yeah, yeah. It's That's amazing. part of the reason why in the WordPress admin, it's <laughs> hidden now, but they have a, a links uh, feature uh, because way back in the day, you used to just share links to everybody and you would list all your links in your WordPress and you could show it on the sidebar. And it's like, this, these are my friends because that was the best way to get found was getting on somebody's links. Oh, this is great. We're getting an old nostalgic, aren't we? This is brilliant. Uh, Neil Neil Robinson. Hello, Neil. I don't know if you've uh, joined us before, but nice to meet you. He's uh, He shared his journey in three words, front page, Dreamweaver, WordPress. I forgot the Dreamweaver <laughs> piece. I uh, I used Dreamweaver. <laughs> we all want to forget it. Yeah, I was going to say until I threw the laptop against the wall. Uh, I didn't actually do that, but it made me feel like that. They Dreamweaver was sold as this like it's so easy, 
And then you start, it was like, it's so hard. <laughs> Why did they make something so difficult? Um, and then Courtney said, I, you're going to forgive me, Courtney, but I don't know that acronym. D-M-O-Z? 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 Anybody? Nope. Nobody knows what that is. Uh, Courtney, tell us what D-M-O-Z stands for, and um, we'll, we'll put it up there. Right, Marcus, your turn. Let's, uh, let's hear it. <laughs> yeah, so... I started out as a designer wanting to do just graphic design and was in college and my parents were like, what is this thing that you're pursuing? And so I needed a way <laughs> to show them that, you know, I designed things and what it looked like and that there was a future in that. And this is late nineties, early two thousands. Um, and so I was like, well, I need to put this online somewhere so my parents can see it. And I had created these, these really elaborate CD cases. Do you remember CDs with yeah. the jewel cases? And I would design a label and let's not talk about how I got the music for those. Um, <laughs> and I would make CDs and create these elaborate cases for them. And so I made a site that had, you know, a volume of these CDs that I had made and designed, designed the website to go with it. This was a little bit text edit. And then I think I jumped into Dreamweaver at some point too, tables and all. And uh, and I would put those online for them to see. And I was like, well, this is kind of fun. I really kind of enjoy the reward of writing some code. And then there's this visual thing that shows up and I can share it with people. And so um, kind of set me down a path there. Still kind of designer first because that was my passion. Um, trying to design as, as best I could with tables and all that. And then I started working for an agency, um, just a very small agency, uh, building websites and came time for us to figure out what what we were going to do for a content management system that was kind of a new buzzword content management system yeah. let your clients do all the work you just build it and then they can do all the updates we know how that turns out sometimes but <laughs> um it was time to figure that out and uh we we tested a few things wordpress was one of them at that point it, it was still the blogging platform and we're like yeah, it's not quite what we need we need a little bit more than that so we ended up going the the drupal route for many, many years. And uh, then at some point, Drupal was headed in a different direction than we were. And we we're like, let's figure out what the landscape looks like now. And uh, WordPress had, had matured and come around and did everything we needed to. Uh, like Michelle said, it's so much easier than what we were doing. And so we'd, uh, we headed in that direction. That was, I want to say, maybe 2015 or so. Oh, not so and long. That's not, interesting. Yeah, yeah, not that long ago. And then... Um, and then really wasn't part of the WordPress community until right before COVID really started diving in. I think I went to one WordCamp Orlando and then COVID shut everything down. So WordCamp oh. Europe was uh, was a whole different experience for me. Oh, <laughs> that's such an interesting bit. I, 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 I don't know why, but I assumed that you'd been using WordPress for decades or something like that. Oh, that's fascinating. Drupal. I loved Drupal. I wish <laughs> I wish I could still be using Drupal on some level because I really did like it. They had. Do you remember yeah. Views, the Views yes, module? Yes, Views. Ah, oh, man, I like Views and the permission system are yeah. still things I wish that WordPress adopted from the yeah. Drupal. I I loved Drupal, the Drupal that I started with, but I'm happy to have left the Drupal that I left behind. I, that's exactly where I am. So basically, whenever you <laughs> register anything in Drupal, so custom post types, they're they're inside core. 
you can create custom post types without writing code. You just literally tick boxes. And then as mm-hmm. soon as you register those, all the permissions for those custom posts, so you can lock everything down. And it's, it is, I think it's still in many ways superior to that extent. But um, yeah. yeah. Very granular. Yeah. That's a lot of checkboxes on yep. the permissions page. Oh, my you word. Can... That permission screen was like, <laughs> like the most difficult thing to see yeah but you could make it do whatever you wanted it to do yeah you give really it like credit for that you really really could right we've got a few more comments before we go to Anshin and before we go to matt um so demos is it's been cleared up demos was the original directory for sites got it so it was mozilla's version i've just clicked that link michelle directory.mozilla.org and it's it's defunct whatever they once had there Mm-hmm. Um, but it's gone now, sadly, probably killed by the giant Google. So here we go. Here's some other people sharing. So Shusei, I am so sorry if I'm butchering your name. Um, he's a homepage builder, Japanese original. He started with Dreamweaver, then moved to Movable Type. Yes. Movable Type. As well. Yeah. And then finally, WordPress. There seems to be a three, like the three little jumps <laughs> along the way. It seems like you get to WordPress third. Um, except, of course, Peter, who's, oh no, mm-hmm. four. Okay, five. I IIS. Is that Internet Information Service? Is that on MS? Is that inside of MS? Um, HTX, no idea. MS Access, not really any idea. Dreamweaver, Cold Fusion. That was Adobe, right? Or what was it called back then? They got bought by Adobe. Um, Macromedia. Um, Mm. And then finally, WordPress. Yeah, thank you, Peter. Thank you for sharing those little journeys. Right, Anshin, you're up. What's your story? (laughs) So I I studied information technology, and then my first job um, as a developer was uh, ASP.NET C Sharp. So created all these sites in ASP.NET. And then as you do, people started, um, I started doing projects on the sideline and I did these ASP.NET sites. If I think back, <laughs> it was terrible, but in any case. And then I got an inquiry for a shop and I had no idea or just, I probably could have figured it out, but someone told me, no, if you do it on WordPress, it's so much easier. You have this WooCommerce and uh, plugin and everything. So that was about 2012, I think, that I did my first. So my first site on WordPress was actually an e-commerce site. So it was like a really uh, big thing, but it was it was so much easier than having to do it on ASP.net. So yeah, I immediately started doing like, uh, so I, di- I did the full-on sideline thing for about, um, up, up until 2016, so about four years, I did client sites on the sideline until I, in 2016, went full time doing it by myself. Into WordPress. Do you still do you still like hang out in the ASP ASPX community? No, not none of at that. all. It's gone. Yeah, no, but, okay. I so I used to be in the especially we were living in New Zealand at that time, and the community was quite big there. The whole Microsoft. Uh, conferences and things and then in I think it's 2015 or 2016 I went to my first WordCamp and it was so different it was I loved it and I I went to my first WordCamp in Cape Town and joined the organizing team for WordCamp Joburg and I was one of I think we were only like five organizers so we did like and yeah immediately jumped into organizing a meetup here in Pretoria it just it was totally different so I was at that point, converted and didn't want to do it. Didn't want to work in it anymore. So yeah, 
That's a nice story, though, as well. Yours was yours was a fairly swift transition. ASP straight to WordPress. Yeah, I fiddled with ASP for about, honestly, about I got about 100 pages into this 900-page book, and I was just like, I, I'm not. This, there's no way I'm finished. So I think the book, book got burned on a fire several years ago, and uh, and here we are. Um, and then finally, Matt, you're in a slightly different position to everybody because you you actually went full in with like plugin, which is a, like another layer altogether. So run us through your journey, but also give us that layer on top how you ended up saying, "Well, I'm doing a plugin. My life is going to be a plugin." Yeah, yeah. So. Um, I think the, I was thinking back what made me actually start the web. It was I was a teacher at a private school here in Germany, and I wanted to do the cool teacher, young teacher thing and have like an online syllabus. Um, and I was like, how do, you, how do I do that? How do I, how do I let my students see where they can see all the information all the time and dug into the web? And literally, I just had notepad and I was trying to put uh, a syllabus up on like a lot. What was it called back then? Live fire. Uh, gosh, I forget. That's okay. Um, Live journal. No, uh, I'm going to forget the name, but um, anyway, HTML, CSS and, um, and FTP, like that was what I was doing. And uh, I got more and more into it. And, um, and then uh ended up trying to do an, an online course uh, and stumbled on Moodle, which is still around oh, actually. And, yeah. Um, yeah, it's actually uh, going through its, uh, like its fourth iteration of a giant revamp that they're doing right now. Uh, big open source um, education platform that I, I still really have a lot of respect for. Um, did that for a long time. And then, then like teachers and churches and folks were all like, this young guy knows how to build websites. I didn't, but I was doing it. <laughs> um, and so they just volunteered me all the time for that stuff. And so I was like, oh, every time I have to add a page, I have to go and update every single page um, with the new link on the menu. How do I like make this better? Um, and I stumbled on my first CMS, which me and five other people in the world use this CMS. It was called <laughs> Website Bakery. Um, no, Website Baker. Excuse me, Website Baker. Um, uh, that was, um, yeah, that was my first step into a CMS. Um, but I kept looking at this one thing called Kubrick, which I thought was just the most beautiful design ever. Um, and oh. that was actually WordPress's default theme for like five years. Um, yeah. And I was like, how do I get Kubrick? Oh, you have to install the thing called WordPress? I'm not doing that. That's too much work. Um, but I really liked uh, Kubrick. But I did make, in the end, this is my big side gig thing. Like I just was building all these websites for free um, and, um, and just started noticing that like more people want me to build more websites and I should probably like actually start charging for it. Um, and, um, and then I was also studying to, to further my education, um, and started having my websites funding my education. Essentially. Um, I wanted to be a professor. Um, and at one stage I really started to do, you know, this is like a, whatever 15 year journey, but like at one point I had a mortgage and kids and I was still studying and still building websites. And I started to do the math and geez, being a history teacher, it doesn't pay all that well anymore. So, <laughs> and this Word, WordPress thing seems to be working out. So I had to choose. Um, and uh, WordPress has been more beneficial for my family than a, than a teacher would have been, unfortunately. Um, but um, 
yeah, jumped into WordPress and it's been great. Um, and um, I was freelancing and um, I got introduced uh, to a lot of folks in San Diego through the advanced WordPress meetup uh, in San Diego and which became the advanced WordPress Facebook group also um, that I've been kind of lead adminning for a long time now. Um, and I have to say just one little hat tip to the advanced WordPress group. I actually feel like over the last like, like COVID and everything, and the quality of conversations in that group has become really excellent. Um, like I, I've loved the whole history of that group for a long time, but recently mm. folks are really like living up to the advanced WordPress name. Now they're really asking some really great questions and learning a lot of things. And I see a lot of people leveling up in there a lot. Um, so it's been cool, but through the advanced WordPress group, I met my business partner, Devin Walker, um, he and I were both uh, freelancing and helping with nonprofit websites a lot. And we just said, hey, why don't we partner up and solve a big problem in WordPress together? Uh, we didn't know what it was going to be or whatever, but we just thought that um, the joining forces would be better. Um, and um, shortly after we started working together, we went to the very last WordCamp San Francisco, um, which mm. was 2014. Um, and... Um, we were we had a great time there and we went out to dinner and said like let's figure out what what our big thing is going to be um and we both said like what is our biggest pain point when we're building sites for nonprofits donations like back then online donations were so hard to implement um mm. there were so many barriers to entry um you definitely could use a normal form builder or you could use an e-commerce platform but it was just you had to really arm wrestle them to really be made for donors and donations and things like that. Um, so we said, let's just attack um, online donations and make something um, that nobody's seen before. Um, and that's what we did. Um, I launched that in 2015. And, um, and we had a lot of different um, revenue streams when we launched. And over the years, we just one by one started getting rid of them so that we can just laser focus just on GiveWP. Um, mm. And that's that's been that's been great so that's a cool yep. story it's really interesting amongst the five of us only one of us was intentional and that i think is anshin she's the one that sort of mm -hmm. decided at a college level that she was going to do something with computers whereas the rest of us and that seems to be played out with my experiences that it is it's very unusual to bump into somebody at wordcamp who was like full-on i'm going to be a web developer from an early age just but i wonder if that's a product of the demographic whereas now I think you could totally open up any university prospectus and see a full-on course in web development and all of that kind of stuff. Whereas it, I, I'm pretty sure nothing like that existed. You'd have been, you'd have been doing some fairly on dry computer, I don't know, computer management or something like that course. But yeah, interesting, interesting. You, Moodle, you have a friend. Uh, yeah, Courtney says Moodle was my gateway into open source WordPress. Uh, sorry, open source to Matt. Yeah. Um, my kids' website for their school is still built on Moodle. You know how you oh, end wow. up just sort of right-clicking on anything these <laughs> days? You go to a website, you right-click, inspect. How was that done? And uh, Moodle it is, and it totally works. And I was really surprised. I thought it was one of those projects with, which had kind of stalled and everything looked a bit 1990s. But um, no, it looked great, really cool. And they've got all the ability to learn, you know, log in, LMS, basically. Um, mm -hmm. It's really, really cool. So there's that. Mm -hmm. And then Elliot Sowersby says he used WordPress for his first ever site back in early 2010. 
That's pretty much all he's used since. That's cool. What a nice range of stories. We don't often do stories, do we, Michelle? And that was kind of a nice. Yeah, that was a lot of fun, actually. Yeah, that was it's nice funny. You're talking about, about curriculums. Like I graduated college in 1991 and there still was no public Internet yet. So I could not have majored in anything web had I wanted to. I didn't know it was going to be a thing. They're talking mm. in the in the UK, and I don't know if this is a conversation which is going on elsewhere, but they're talking about making the internet uh, like a, how to describe it. So in the same way that every citizen is entitled to water and is entitled mm-hmm. to electricity and all of those basic things, um, kind of on, on along the lines of like a human right, they're talking about mm-hmm. the fact that the internet might at some point soon fall under that category. It's an essential thing which everybody now needs. And as, you know... I kind of think on some level that seems a little bit quirky, but on the, on the other hand, now that, for example, all of my banking is done online, mm-hmm. you know, the branches are slow, slowly but surely just disappearing from the high streets. And more and more, every single thing that needs to be done from booking flights to getting appointments with my school children's teachers at appointment time, um, all of that has been taken off off the paper, off the phone, you know, and everything is now online. I'm, I'm kind of swinging towards the fact that it is becoming a bit of a basic human right. And I don't mm. know, maybe that's another direction to go in. But yeah, there we go. Uh, okay. Anybody else got anything else? But they were nice stories to share. I'm just going to slug some water. All right. Next one up then. Uh, speaking of plugins, this is cool. This is Sarah Gooding on WP Tavern. This is a new thing, although I think things like this have existed uh, before. This is a thing called, um, well, it's the WordPress Plugin Compare Project. It's by RT Camp. This is for those of you out there who are a bit stymied. You go to the WordPress repository and you've got like, I don't know, let's take an example of something which everybody needs on a website, a form. You go there and you're a newbie user and you haven't really got any clue which forms are which and which one's better for this and that and the other. And you sort of bamboozle by choice. There's 60,000-ish plugins, 59,000, something like that, uh, plugins on there. And it's hard to know if you're not a nerd like the five of us who obsess about <laughs> WordPress and you're just sort of a casual user, where would you go? Well, here's an idea. You go to this website and you type in, you do a search for, let's say, I don't know, Gravity Forms. I don't know if, for example, they have a free version on the repo, but let's imagine they do. Um, And then you can add to that. So you then might type in, I don't know, Fluent Forms and Ninja Forms and Formidable Forms. And then it puts them side by side um, and lists some key metrics and key data. I did one earlier, actually, on on three page builders, what would, you know, the summit and all. So I just typed in Beaver Builder and then Elementor and then Breezy. And then you can just sort of compare some basic basic statistics, like what version number they're on, when it was last updated, what version of WordPress does it require, um, number of active installations. I don't know where they get this support score from because they, they make some claims about knowing how good they are at supporting their plugin. I'm guessing some sort of ticketing system over on, WordPress.org, you know, the replies in the forums and so on. Um, And it just gives you some little window into, well, all right, that one hasn't been updated for nine months. That one was updated two months ago. Maybe I'll go for that. I just thought this was a nice nice little project to share. I could have made use of this so many times, and especially given the, the weight of similar plugins on the WordPress repo, 
I just thought this was worth sharing. Would you, any of you guys make use of any of this kind of stuff or are you all now ensconced? You know what you want. You've got your, <laughs> you've got your basic setup all straightened out. Oh, I think it's a good... St- <laughs> uh, should we go? Um, let's go Anshan and then Matt. Okay, so I, um, I do have my stack that I use on, but there's yep. always something that comes up, like, I don't know, like um, we didn't uh, use the, GDP, like the GDPR um, uh, uh, notifications before here in South Africa, but then it became law. So, and I didn't know uh, which ones, like, so things like that, that you don't use every day and you might just, well, like one site needs something small. So I, I think it would be very helpful. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that's, yeah, that's right. Matt? I, I think it's a good start in a decent direction, but Cameron Jones just chimed in on pretty much what I think too, is that like, you could put like four different plugins on there that have nothing to do with each other. Um, and it, and it would be, it would feel almost like the same type of comparisons here, like without being able to know, uh, how good the plugin is on its feature set specifically, it's harder. Um, or for example, um, you know, being able to categorize them, um, and look at it that way, um, or, uh, usability, you know, regardless of what the features are of the plugin, how, how do people find it in terms of usability? Um, for example, so sites like G2, for example, do a good job of getting reviews based on feature set and usability and, um, all those types of things. So if WP compare started plugin compare started getting more custom information from actual users, then it could go in a much nicer direction, I think. Any of you ever come across this one that I'm showing on the screen at the moment? Sorry if you're watching me doing a Google search to try and find it. Um, <laughs> this is WP Hive, so it's a similar project, but it's um, but it's it also adds in. And my suspicion is that they go a, a step further. So if you well, let, let's put put in the name or something. Let's put in I don't know because we're talking about page builders. Let's put in Elementor. Um, and you can search for it, and then it obviously shows you a whole bunch of stuff. And then it goes into much more detail than the RT camp one that we mm-hmm. just saw. So it talks about um, minimal impact on memory usage, and you basically get a ticker across um, minimal impact on page speed, PHP errors, and, and so on. And this this whole lot just keeps going. Then they've got some performance metrics. So I'm guessing this isn't happening live. They must be polling I don't know, they must download the plugin off the repository, stick it on a, a server somewhere, test it out, do some kind of stress testing on it. I'm not entirely sure, but you can see there's a whole load more in here. But this is more one-at-a-time kind of thing. Um, you don't get to have that. Well, maybe you can. Maybe there is a way of comparing things. But um, this is a really cool website, WP Hive. Mm-hmm. It enables you to get a lot more metrics. And if you're a bit nerdy, um, this might be might be for you. But... Uh, Anyway, Michelle or Marcus, anything on the RT camp thing? Would you use anything like that? Yeah, I, I like it. I think where maybe WP Hive has, has taken it a step further is that discoverability. I yep. still feel like you have to know what you're comparing right here. So if you're just looking for what's the best form plugin, maybe you get lucky and you type in form and you pick four and hope for the best. Hope that the best one is one of the four that you that you picked from the search, but I still think you need to kind of know what it is you're trying to compare here. Where I do think that that could be helpful is if 
I'm thinking back to the client services days when you're trying to talk to a client and convince them this is the direction we should go versus some other plugin and being able to have your recommendation versus maybe a couple of others that they've heard of together to be able to convince them this is the, the one we should go with. And the fact that those mm. URLs are shareable, you can add, mm -hmm. you know, your three, four plugins in there and then copy that URL, send it to a client and say, hey, we've done some research. This is the one I think we should go with for your site. And I think that's where maybe something like this plugin compare project could be helpful. Yeah, that's a good point. I hadn't really noticed that the URL was shareable. So each time you add in a new uh, a new plugin, it looks like four is the maximum. The URL is is extended with a, a comma and then the name of that plugin, presumably the slug on the repo, I'm not sure. But um, you, you therefore would be able to share it and put anything you like in there. <laughs> presumably you could put your own plugin four times if you liked. And uh, yeah, give WP, give WP, give WP, give WP. That's compare it. I think we should go with. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we compare it to itself here's, lots of times. Yeah. Here's, <laughs> yeah. Your, here's your choices, client. That's give WP right. or... <laughs> Yeah. Was discoverability, Matt, like 59,000 plugins? I know it, it. when we're talking about the App Store on iOS and, mm -hmm. and um, mm -hmm. Android, it, it's a drop in the ocean. But nevertheless, did, did you have, is it still a big deal like discoverability? Marcus was talking about, you know, it's hard to, to sort of find your way and stick your neck above the parapet and get noticed. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the it's just the same thing when when you're talking about organic search on Google um, that with so many, you know, uh, millions of results available, um, nobody's ever going to come to you unless you get up towards the top of those, those search results. So the WordPress.org um, search metrics um, and the way that the search is generated um, is super important. There's a, a great uh, re uh, tool called Pl Plugin Rank, for example, that really helps digest um, what uh, those results look like over time. Um, and uh, we see all the time that if we tweak things just a little tiny bit, we'll we'll get a little bit higher on certain keywords and things like that. And we have to pay attention to it all the time since uh, the free plugin is our meat and potatoes of what we do. So. Nice. Well, I, I tried. Uh, I tried this one. I tried uh, plugin compare.com <laughs> forward slash compare query plugins equal give, give, give. And uh, no, <laughs> they're actually, they're ahead of us. <laughs> they thought about this, this problem, which would really be a, a disruptive thing in their business. But uh, yeah, interesting, interesting, interesting. It didn't work. You only get the one. And apparently it's been available for seven years. It was last updated four weeks ago. Current version is two point. 201 requires WordPress 5 and it's got a very, very, very healthy rating on the uh, the WordPress.org repository. So there you go. They don't need to see it three times. Once is enough. <laughs> <laughs> okay, moving on then. Let's go to the next story and is... So, all right, I, I am totally ignorant about this. I didn't even know this was a thing. And I read this and I tried to get my head around it in the small amount of time I had available. So forgive me if I muck this up. But this is on Search Engine Journal. And you don't often find them talking about WordPress plugins. They talk about WordPress a fair amount, actually, increasingly, which is interesting, considering it's not a WordPress site. So it says, um, Yoast on why it's adopting the Index Now protocol. Yeah, Yoast de Volk, who if memory serves is no longer sort of at the reins of Yoast, he's, um, he explains the surprising reason 
why they've changed their mind over at Yoast, the company, not the man, um, using Index Now and adding it into their search plugin. Uh, because they originally dismissed it, and I'm going to quote, after originally dismissing Microsoft's open source index now search engine indexing protocol, Yoast has reversed course and indicated that they will now support it. So it says, and this is where I got lost, index now is an indexing protocol that helps websites receive near instant indexing by search results. It's an open source initiative designed to help websites alert search engines to new or updated comment uh, content. So the idea being you have presumably a plugin like Yoast on your website. It's got some sort of index now functionality built into it. And when you click publish or update, the search engines instantly get notified about it. So what it's basically getting rid of is the need for the crawl, that, that thing where you update your content and, you know, I, th I think these days Google's probably there within a matter of minutes anyway, but assuming they weren't, they'll now be told there's new content and it feels like from what I read, not only will they be told there's new content, but here's what the new content is. In other words, we're giving you the whole thing. You don't need to go out and find it and work it out for yourself. Here's what it is. And I just can't see why this isn't a good idea. I can't see why mm -hmm. nobody would use this. Yoast weren't. Seemingly, Google have now said, we'll start using it. Maybe they were holding out. They felt that it was, I don't know, getting rid of their secret source. Um, maybe they've got some voodoo going on that, you know, by indexing in a certain way, they could outbeat their competition. But this is going to happen. Strikes me as a really good idea. So discuss. What do you think of this? Well, I, I was joking before we actually went live that now it's going to be really difficult to explain to your clients that they won't show up at the top of the first yeah. page once once they've published their site. Mm. Um, I, I think just because it's been indexed doesn't mean that you are going to be ranking for all the right words. I think that there's going to be a lot of... Um, misunderstanding between clients and what actually happens when we publish websites there already is that so to speak but we've all we've been able to explain in the past you know how these things take time for ranking for words we're looking for content all of those things those are still true just because it's been indexed quickly doesn't mean that all of those things aren't still true yeah mm -hmm. that's a good point this isn't a question of you being better in the search pages it's just will be crawled instantaneously right. um in in many ways i can't understand why nobody came up with this like a decade ago you know wouldn't it have been sensible to, for all of us to ping the search engines and but, say we've got updated content but, but didn't didn't we do that when we used to submit like we were talking about five minutes mm -hmm. ago yes <laughs> so mm -hmm. yes basically that's what we were doing when i was like and mm -hmm. now i have to submit it to google and now i have to submit it to, mm -hmm. to yahoo and aol and all of those things so so mm -hmm. it's not a sort of direct swap for sitemap.xml, which I'm presuming most people have got somewhere buried on each and every website because that's very much, here, Google, here's my sitemap. You now go and make a lot of effort to find it. Presumably, um, yeah, it's just a, a good idea, probably cutting down on a lot of wasted Google crawls around the internet. But at, at the minute, Google aren't even using it. Let me just give you the list of search engines which are currently using it because I'd heard of two of them. And then one of them was like, what is that? Bing <laughs> is number one. They're using it. Yandex, heard of them, never used it. And there's one here called Sesnam. 
the mm-hmm. famous Sesnam. Anybody heard of Sesnam? Yeah? Mm-hmm. No? Beulah again? I, I, th- I think a cave somewhere in, in Saudi Arabia just opened when you said uh, that. Like... That's right. That's right. <laughs> can you imagine, can you imagine, like, if, if you're a search engine, can you imagine how humiliating it would be if you had to Google it? <laughs> just be like, oh, the world swallow me up. I'm, 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 I'm working for a search engine that needs to be needs to be indexed on Google. Oh. Um, anyway, carry on, Michelle. Let's have her go. Anybody else on this? Think it's a good idea? So Going to use it? The, on, the only thing that I'm I, I know I might have it all wrong is that if this is the standard, if this becomes a standard, and you would need something like Yoast to to do to um, send it or like to update it or whatever that would become again a thing for especially people that's not doesn't know mm-hmm. you know because there's not just this crawling happening in the back that would yeah. normally happen mm-hmm. yeah. well we have a site map now in wordpress don't we and it feels to me that if this became the dominant way of doing it this totally hits the target of 80 percent of the people need it you would imagine that if this became the thing the way of getting search engines, then WordPress core would have to at least look at it. But it did mm-hmm. say, you're right, Anshin, in here in this article it actually says it's coming into Yoast, what do they call it? Do they call it premium or pro? Premium. Yeah, premium. Yoast SEO yeah. premium. So it's not going to be in their free version. But they are considering uh, if it gets good adoption, then they would put it in the free as well. Mm. Um, that's what yeah. the article mentioned. Okay. It's interesting. I mean, I, I think I, I, I'm hoping that it just is an indicator that other non-Google search engines are getting more use and adoption. Um, that's um, kind of what I was hoping because um, th- we definitely need more variety um, and quality in the search engine space. So, What was that thing called again? What was that search engine that we just I just mocked horribly. What was it called? Sesnam or something. S E Z N A M. I'm gonna. All three of those employees are so mad at you. Right <laughs> That's right. I totally. Oh, I'm gonna. I'm gonna Google it. Google. Sesnam. Here we go. S E Z. We say Z. N A M. Okay. So it's in a language I don't recognize. Maybe it's Czechoslovakia or something else. Mm. I don't know what that is. But it's a thing. Go and search on Sesnam and. See if see if it works. Alrighty, uh, what do we got left? Do, do, do. Okay, I, I, right. Shout out to somebody. Don't normally do this, but um, we had a we had a plugin uh, on the podcast this week, and I just thought I really wanted to give um, the guys over at If So a bit of a bit of a free plug because uh, it came on the podcast, and it's a guy called Joseph Carmelli. They're based in Israel, and it's a dynamic content plugin. So you set a condition. It's a bit like If This Then That or Zapier or something like that in your WordPress mm-hmm. website. You set a condition, so it's the 14th of December, and then you set a result. So display snow all over the website because mm-hmm. that's what everybody does. Or you could say, if you're on an Android device, show this. Or if you're on an, I don't know, if you've come from the country of uh, Britain, show this and so on. And I just really appreciate that Joseph went to incredible lengths to make this work. So I just want to show you the sort of things that you can do. It'll only take me a minute, but I really do like it. Um, so this is our blog post. And he sent me a, a, a special URL. And the special URL has the, the letters WP builds in it. And it could literally be 
any part of the URL. It's, it could be a query string or it could literally be WP builds at any point. And you click on it and it goes to their website. So it goes to the if so website. Well, apparently it doesn't. I'm just going to, the earth can swallow <laughs> me up because now it's not working. It's gone to a back. There we go. Don't know why that took so long. And you can see at the top of the website, they've added in this little, like, like fun little offer, you know, there's a countdown time. So basically they've added in a row and that row is displaying because you came from us. But imagine that came from any other kind of condition. Now, this is the cool bit. Uh, it says, look, so it says, a friend of WP Builds is a friend of ours. Look for the genie lamp in the footer. Okay, so, right, there's a, there's a gimmick. So you have to go to the footer. Uh, there it is. And there in the footer, buried amongst all the little icons, is this little genie lamp. And you have to click it three times. If you don't click it three times, <laughs> not, nothing happens. You really have to you really have to stay the course. So here we go. I'll click it one, two, and, three. And say says now at the right, same time. Says now at exactly the same moment. And then he take then then it takes you to a page. And if you didn't arrive at that page by clicking on that genie three times, you get their regular pricing. But he's completely overwritten it laid over the top of that if you like is this he's called it the wp build secret discount you get 80 percent off but i just thought wow man alive he came on my podcast and he went to all that effort you know he set up the discounted pricing he set up this quirky offer with all these interesting conditions and i don't know if you saw because I'm, I'm going to go back and do it again if you click on that link again and it actually worked much more quickly this time look halfway down the page Oh, he's taking it off now. There was a um, there was a guy here just in all the WP builds colours, and he was mm. holding up a flag saying WP builds and all that kind of stuff. That's now that's now seemingly been taken down. But how cool is that? Don't you think that's mm -hmm. amazing? Mm -hmm. Nice, really, really nice. So that's wpbuilds.com. It's episode number. 282. Go and check it out. That offer, 80% Office plugin, is available for another, I think it said 10 days. Did anybody spy that? I think it said 10 days. 10 mm. days, 6 hours, 34 minutes, and 47. 6, 5 seconds. And uh, just hat tip to Joseph and his team. Brilliant plugin and uh, really cool for them to do that. Okay. Okay, I, I don't know what you think about this. This is totally off topic. We're not dealing with WordPress anymore. This is um, this is iMessage. Now, I've never owned an Apple. Well, I've got a, a Mac, but I don't use iMessage because I don't have a phone. I think it's available on the Mac, but I've never used it. Apple have decided that in the near future, they're going to roll out a undo feature. So, uh, sorry, unsend. So you can send somebody a message, and then you can sort of like suck it out of their phone. And... A kind of kind of a controversial move if you think about it. On the face of it, this strikes me as like you know w without any thought. This strikes me as well. That's a good idea because what if I write something and then realise I've sent it to the wrong person, or I have just in error. You know, I'm sending something to the Oxford English Dictionary and I've spelt a word incorrectly. Duh. Um, something along those lines. But the. If you give it a bit more thought and let it percolate for a moment, you can see where the opportunity for abuse starts to creep in. Mm -hmm. You know, you start to send people things that they didn't desire, like advertising messages, and then a minute later you just suck it out and claim, never, never did it, wasn't me, it was a mistake, I'm really sorry. We sent them all out in error and we, we didn't mean to do it, so we just pulled them back quickly. The fact is the, the damage has been done. 
And there's a there's an interesting little anecdotal story down here. One of the one of the authors of this article got into a spot of bother. He doesn't describe what it is, but he got in trouble, uh, and lawyers got involved. And the only way that he could prove his innocence was by this litany of text messages that he still mm-hmm. had on his phone. And you're not going to save those text messages, are you? You're never going to save them thinking, in the future, I'm going to need these. You're just going to think, well, they'll be there if I ever need them in the future. Well, of course, in this scenario, they won't. So I'm just sort of curious what your thoughts are. On the face of it, it's a really nice idea. But now that we live through our mobile phones and communication happens through our mobile phones, I wonder if things like email, which once you've clicked send, it's gone. It's no longer yours. I wonder if that's... That's better. Like, would you ever get into a client conversation on iMessage if you knew that they could sock the message out of your phone? (laughs) I would worry about that. So again, Mm -hmm. I'll let you guys toss that one around a bit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so Cameron just put put a message in there. That's what what I was thinking. Anyway, so other messaging systems already have this. And they, like Facebook, for example, Facebook Messenger, and if you retract something or, you know, unsend something, it does say, it's like you're saying, like, you know, Michelle unsent a message. And so I can still say, what did you send? You know, what was it? That kind of thing. Um, but I, yeah, I don't, I don't mm-hmm. know. I mean, I've, I've I, never, I, I, I've, I've never wanted to interact with clients in the past over text messages anyway. No, no. That's mm-hmm. just not no. a good, this is not a good, uh, it's, you know, I, I talk, I text my daughter, I text, text my friends. I don't text professionally. So. Yeah, I guess the difference I would say about um, about the whole messenger thing is that there's some sort of context there, whereas uh, text message is wide open, right? There's no gatekeeper to me receiving a text message. If you stumble across my number, I am getting your text message. Whereas on Facebook, mm-hmm. in Messenger at least, I have to you have to find me, you have to click you know, whatever it is. And then I have to accept that I'm going to start communicating with you from forever more. Whereas on text message, maybe that's changed, but it seems that protocol is wide open. It's a bit more like mm-hmm. the letterbox or the email inbox. I can't stop stuff coming in. I can only deal with it after it's come in, which is why on, mm-hmm. you know, we have abuse of and spam in email, but at least yeah. once it's hit your box, you've got it and you've got proof of it forever. But you're right, I Michelle, I, I wouldn't either. That's a subtle difference, I think, between actual SMS texting and these services like WhatsApp and whatnot, is that SMS texting really is a permanent record um, that you can't delete. Um, And in the U.S., I don't know what it's like in the U.K., but in the U.S., it is um, there are like protections um, and uh, and it can be used in in court and things like that because it's supposed to be an actual record of actual communication. Um, similar to email. Um, but when you start using WhatsApp or Messenger or these other types of, of these, these are not going over SMS anymore. They're going over the internet. So they can, they're an app uh, in one way or another. And I, it, I didn't know that, but I thought I, iMessage was more of just a pure SMS platform, but it sounds like it's probably moved more and more strongly into like a WhatsApp type of uh, thing and everything is just being pushed over the internet now and not over you know, the telephone um, uh, provider um, like like SMS does. So you know if there and maybe there's options. Maybe in iMessage you can be like ah I just want it to be my pure text messenger thing and not over the internet or yeah. Whatnot. But I kind of um, like way the that Slack does it where it says edited 
Uh, and then you can and you can and, see the changes. Yeah, yeah, you just go back and you can see the changes. And uh, you know, so in that way, the person sending the message is is clearly able to re-articulate what they messed up. So they, the spelling mistakes get fixed, or the, you know, I'm just really sorry. I just sent this entirely to the wrong person. Forgive me, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Um, but you've got an indication that something was there. It was amended. I, I do like that. I prefer that implementation, and this doesn't seem to be going that way. Okay, on the other hand, I've got th- three children, all of them who have iOS devices, and I put this story past my son, and he said, nobody uses iMessage. Forget about it. It's a non-story. <laughs> okay, fine. <laughs> Nobody's using iMessage, death. <laughs> so maybe maybe there's nothing in it. Uh, okay. Let's go to photos and show off some of Marcus's fabulous stuff. First of all, Marcus, we've got very short amount of time. I do apologize. Marcus, no just to highlight the photo directory at <clears throat> wordpress.org forward slash photos. Anything in particular about the directory that you wanted me to or you wanted to talk about? Yeah, I just I know a lot of people were at EU and spent some time traveling and vacationing, and now's a good time to sift through those photos and share some of those with the directory. So I think it's just timely based on people maybe having spent some time in the last couple of weeks taking more photos than usual. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 2,944 free photos have been uploaded so far. It does say you're a bit early to the party. This directory hasn't mm-hmm. yet fully launched. However, you're welcome to submit them, and I know Michelle's been submitting like crazy. Yes, I reckon about 1,500 of the photos on the photo directory <laughs> are Michelle's. <laughs> Uh, no, I actually, well, I, w- I was blessed not to have to submit them that way. I was asked to contribute them. Oh, the nice. Oh, first. look at so, you. <laughs> <laughs> I, haven't had, I haven't had to upload any yet, but those are coming. VIP treatment. That's right, right there. <laughs> yeah. I think they called it priming the pump. <laughs> priming the pump. Yeah, yeah that's right. Um, but you wanted to just, well, I mean, I don't know if you wanted to show us. You, you submitted a bunch of yours that you can see here. Um, MD Burnett is your... Uh, handle so it's wordpress.org forward slash photos forward slash author and then the slog so in your case md burnett what's yours michelle it's i'm michelle ames okay yeah yeah like you are if you if you are going to submit any make sure they're not um, watermarked with your um you know your company name or anything like that because we can't put those in the yeah and faces as well is that right no human faces correct no face no yeah. No recognizable faces. No recognizable you, faces. The, yeah. the turtle and the chick faces are just fine. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yes. no, no human faces. No recognizable yeah. human faces. And as soon right. as I saw this, <laughs> one of the pictures just jumped out. Well, actually, there was a few of them that jumped out to me. And they were basically, I said to Marcus, have you got a drone? And he's like, yep, I've got a drone. <laughs> Where's that? Um, that is swampland between here in Orlando and the east coast of Florida. That's the hmm. U.S.? Yes. Mm-hmm. Wow. I fully thought we were in like Africa or something for that one. <laughs> nope. Wow. That's, that's so Florida. up goes the drone. Up goes the drone. And there's a whole bunch more with the drone. Look at these beauties. Look at that one. Lovely. You like water, don't you? You like scenes with water in. Another Very one much there. so. Well, there's a lot of it around here in Florida. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you, you like water, only in this case, it's in a, it's in like a big container yes. on the on top of a load of sticks. <laughs> um, but there we go. It's the photo directory. Go and check out Marcus's. Is it pretty easy now, Marcus? You upload them and they're there a couple of days later, or does it take a while to get them verified? Um, yeah, usually within a day or so. But we're mm-hmm. growing our moderator group as well, so hoping to cut that di- time down even further. 
If anybody is interested in moderating the photos, then make.wordpress.org slash photos uh, has the handbook and the application to become a moderator as well. Um, and there are it, there are new badges, by the way. I don't know, Marcus, did you see the badges on your profile yet? There's yep, new badges there's, for being part of the photo. Yeah, there's a contributor badge. So go mm -hmm. ahead and upload a photo and get your contributor badge and then mm -hmm. also moderation badges. All right. But no, no photos of people. Um, and obviously, you know, usual caveats apply. You know, there's obviously some sort of sensible boundaries that you've got to obey, copyright and other more offensive things. Just, <laughs> just be a good person and upload it's sensible weird. stuff, and everybody will, everybody will thank you for it. Uh, that's it. That's all we've got time for this week in WordPress. Quick shout out to Peach who said she's great idea. She's got loads of photos of Porto, and I'm yes, uploading yes, to please. the directory. Yes, indeed. Right. Michelle knows about this, but I don't know if Anshan, Marcus, or Matt know. Yeah, Michelle, you know. It's the slightly <laughs> humiliating hand-waving at the end. It's only slightly <laughs> humiliating, but basically this is what I use for the, uh, the sort of album art. So if you're feeling able and you want to raise your hands right now, so Anshan... Oh, Anshan's not doing it. Look, she's the holdout. <laughs> Got it. Thank you so much. Uh, we'll be back. No, actually, we, will we be back? We won't be back next week. Because not next there's, week. There's, there's a summit, this thing. thing. There's a thing going Summit's on. happening, and, uh, and I think Anshan would probably uh, you know, be quite annoyed at me if I took the time to do this show during back the summit. In, back in two weeks. Back in two weeks' time. So thank you, Michelle. Thank you, Marcus. Thank you, Anshan. And thank you, Matt. I hope you join us another time for This Week in WordPress. Take it easy.